Welcome back to another episode of AV Side with me, Ben. And Anzi, and our lovely guest speaker. It's Ollie. Hi. Hi. We're continuing with our conversation about teenagers, so here's the rest of the episode. So do you think, I've got a question, do you think that the teenagers having to engage with families during a lockdown has changed or are they still just moping in their rooms? Like, do you think lockdown has helped them in their family life? It probably depends on the family because I guess whatever your experience of family life is like will probably be exacerbated during lockdown, like spending so much time with your family. If you have a good relationship with your parents, then I guess you could maybe find it easier to really build on that and appreciate them more and maybe even show your appreciation to your parents through the way that you spend time at home with them. But then if you have a bad relationship, it's going to be difficult to break out of that, I guess, when you're suddenly, yeah, you've been spending all these months in a very intense environment. Locked up. Yeah. From what I've seen, a lot of, there's been a lot of uh, protective parents in this season. Yeah. And rightly so, you know, just to be careful yeah. and fearful, but, but there's been the super, super, super scared parents. Yeah. And, and then, mm. I often wonder like when schools reopened, how have those parents been, you know? Very anxious. Yeah. <laughs> but there's not a lot they can do about it, really. Mm. So it's tough for them as well. Yeah. And I wonder how long it will actually be for worried parents to to get back to normal. Is a vaccine enough? I don't know. Um, because... I remember asking a teenager, you know, how can we pray before you go back to school in September? And then um, one of the teens, I think oh, maybe it was the first, after the first week of going back to school. And one of the teens said, um, just pray about the, you know, the people in school because they do stupid things. And, and we all know that teenagers can do stupid things. Like just acting stupidly and not, and just breaking rules and, and even just hearing the teenagers' stories as to, um, like schools provide masks to the teenagers, those that can't afford them, that don't, that, that can't buy them and don't have them. Um, but yet a lot of the, you know, these teens, they'll just mess around with these masks and just not wear them properly. Um, think of it as a joke. And, and so it makes sense that, you know, for some of my teens, they ask for prayer, like, just pray that the teens in school don't do stupid things because it is, it is a crazy season right now. Yeah. People are dying. And it makes sense that, you know, the family also contribute towards that fear as well. I was just thinking that if I was a teenager in this pandemic, what would it be like? I mean, I had a very good relationship with my parents as a teenager we were a very close family. We got on very well. 
But would I want to be in lockdown with my family? I think it would drive me crazy. I think I've really enjoyed... Why? I think I've enjoyed uh, having my own company. <laughs> I mean, I miss my wife dearly. She works very long hours in the NHS. <laughs> but I've got into a rhythm now. Um, I am an introvert. So actually, one of those people who have probably appreciated a lot about lockdown. But yeah, I think being <clears throat> being a teenager would, it would just feel like you're in a pressure pot, I think, because you've already got so much going on. I don't think any of the usual struggles and temptations that teenagers face have disappeared. They're still there. You know, it's still all the same stuff. But just with all this added uncertainty, anxiety, and then if you've got family as well who are obviously going to have very valid worries and fears at this time, then it's just going to be really overwhelming. And actually, I think something we haven't touched on yet is mental health in young people. Um, because it seems that mental health is particularly prevalent among young people. And obviously, during this pandemic, that has definitely increased. I think people have really had to face up to the fact that they're not doing okay all the time um, and trying mm. to figure out what to do about that. And where do you go for support, you know, when you're feeling uh, anxious and depressed? That's, yeah, that's a real, <clears throat> I think that's been a real struggle for so many young people during this pandemic. Yeah. Yeah. Because already they're, as a teenager, their their brains are still developing, and to add to that, the pandemic and the pressures of school and the pressures of like lack of social gatherings and just having pressure from family, <clears throat> I think it does contribute towards their mental well being a lot. In some ways, I am glad that they are back in school because then they do have that social element. But at the same time, it's, um, yeah, it can be like there is a sense of normality now that they've gone back to school mm. to a degree. Yeah. I wonder actually what part an increased use of social media has played on mental health in young people. Because actually I've heard of quite a few young people who are feeling that even more so than usual, social media has just become so overbearing and actually they recognise mm. that they need a break from Instagram, Snapchat or whatever. Um, and, you know, you hear of young people doing that from time to time, usually anyway, but I think during the lockdown, I've heard of it a lot more because people are just aware that it's just so intense. Like everyone is on those platforms. Everyone is putting themselves out there and perhaps they're feeling yeah. even more pressure than usual which is already yeah. just like unprecedented. Mm. Yeah. Cause there's only so much scrolling that you can do on your phone. Right. Yeah. Before your body is just like, uh, cause you're just feeding your mind with stuff on the screen, but your body still needs to move. And I think, especially for teenagers, not, not just for grownups, but teenagers and children, um, they do need to, 
exercise and be active because, you know, teenage boys that they're high in testosterone, they need to be actively playing um, sports. And, and same with girls, like there is a need for activity, but the fact that, you know, people are locked in um, and everything is online nowadays. And with, you know, if we're doing online meetings or screens uh, for school and things like that, like you literally just sat there mm-hmm. and it's just so mind numbing. <laughs> yeah. And actually I think it, in some ways it does really highlight the impact that churches can have. And I think belonging to a youth group when you're a young person, you know, a sense of belonging is so important. You know, when you're finding your identity and deciding what you believe about life and the world, you know, that's, it's so important to have a sense of belonging. And I think by not having physical church and youth group, a lot of young people, they're going to school and I think school is so routine in a way that you kind of just go to school, you do what you've got to do. And for a lot of Christian young people, they would say that they recognize that they are a different person almost when they're in school and when they're in church or when they're at home. And I think, you know, they're probably going to school, they're having conversations with their friends, they're having that socialization, but it's probably not hitting at the deeper, you know, beneath the surface kind of level that I think they really need from a spiritual perspective anyway. And I think that's in some ways it's like, you don't know what you've got till it's gone because actually by not having physical youth group and church, a lot of young people are missing out on, actually having someone ask those really invasive thought provoking questions <laughs> that we like to ask because yeah. their school friends are not going to ask them that stuff. You know, it's only, you know, we, we're the ones and, you know, their peers and youth group are the ones who are going to say, you know, how are you really doing? Like what's, what's really going on um, beneath that kind of, yeah, I'm okay. Oh, you know, COVID. Um, and I think a lot of them are really missing out on that. And that's isolating them even more than just physical isolation because they're kind of feeling like the only outlet they've got for that kind of stuff is also through a screen um, and just finding it really hard to open up. So I really feel for those young people who especially feel cut off and feel alone in their mental and emotional struggles at this time. What advice would you give to teenagers then, Ollie? I think don't give up is probably, it sounds almost, you know, it's cliche and not always helpful. It's true though. It's not always helpful to say to someone, oh, don't give up. But, you know, genuinely keep going because this isn't going to last forever. Um, And actually that's been a great source of encouragement to me when I'm in a dark place that you know, knowing that although life sucks right now um, and on a lot of fronts, that's how it feels, it isn't going to be this way forever. And that's the truth. Um, and so holding on to that hope. <clears throat> um, and I think, yeah, just keep going because actually there are things that we can all do to get through this. Um, and I think one of those things is just be as open as you can. Like we know that none of this is ideal. We know that talking to people for a screen all the time is not ideal, but use it as much as you can. Like just be open. If you feel like you can really take things to the next level, you know, go deeper with, with your friends, with your church peers, especially, um, then do so. Cause my, my advice would be even like in the midst of being isolated from church, um, you're not isolated from God. I think 
<sighs> it's just remember what Christ has done for you. This is to the teens directly now. Um, for those that have a faith, um, remember what Christ has done for you and let that be your bedrock. Um, in that, you know, you need to keep turning to God. You need to keep praying to God. You like even one verse is better than no verse is what I always say to anybody actually in terms of, um, God's word is to pick up, pick up your, pick up God's word and, and let that you know, minister to you, um, and to keep praying. Yeah. Those are, those are the core ones. Like if there's, if there's one tip that I would give them is to keep turning to God every single day. Yeah, absolutely. And I think I would say as well, this isn't just lockdown advice. I think it's just general advice to the next generation, but especially now more than ever, really be the change that you want to see, because actually we need young people to be proactive and to, you know, we talk about influencers, you know, the internet is full of influencers and actually those influencers can only come from within the generation that needs influencing to some degree. And I think what we really need is young people who are willing to step up and, you know, just put yourself out there, be the one to, you know, go back onto that dead WhatsApp group chat and, <laughs> and start a conversation and just start reaching out to people. Cause so actually I had, um, an experience where, you know, there was uh, a young person who had just started at university. And I mean, what a time to start, you know, to leave home and to go and start uni. Oh. And it's such a struggle. And I think yeah. they probably felt like they were alone, that they were the only person from church who was struggling. But actually, it's just that they weren't talking. And as soon as they said, hey, is anyone else finding this really tough? Everybody said, yeah, we are. Um, at least we're at least we know we're going through it together and, you know, let's pray for one another mm. and let's, you know, share top tips. I don't know, whatever it might be. Um, but I think that just really helps. So don't wait for somebody else to take that first step, but really be the one to reach out. And, you know, there are still people you can, you can always talk to. I think being at home it, in some ways it helps you. This is the opportunity to take stock. This is the time where whatever excuses you've been making in the past about not having time to read your Bible or to pray, actually, this is the time to start a new rhythm. Um, maybe set yourself a new, year, new year's resolution, um, but make it last because actually this is, we've never had a time like this in the past. And so this is a really good time to actually start new habits and get into new rhythms of doing things and set yourself up for the kind of person you want to be. Um, and really grab this opportunity, see it as an opportunity. It can be a positive thing. So there is hope. What, what, what advice would you give to parents of teenagers in this season? Good luck. <laughs> <laughs> um, do you know what? I think, I mean, I have so much admiration for parents. It's, it's gotta be the toughest job in the world. And I think what I would say to parents is this is an opportunity for them as well. Um, now I'm an optimist. I'm an optimist. And I think it's always good to look at what opportunities we have. And I think for parents, it's an opportunity to um, relate to young people in a new way because you're given that opportunity just by the fact that we're in completely crazy times 
you know, life at home is not going to be the same as it always was. So, you know, this is a, a chance to maybe sit down with your teenager and say, you know, how are you really doing to really show that you care for them. Um, I think they'd really appreciate that. And I'm sure there are many parents who do that already, but I think this is just an opportunity to really just be authentic um, with, yeah, with your teens and to say, just to share with them how you're feeling. I think this pandemic has affected all of us um, in different ways, but also in similar ways. And I think that's, there's a way that we can connect generations here just by being open and honest with each other. Um, and I think that will do a lot to strengthen families and to, to help parents and teenagers understand each other better, particularly in, in um, kind of mixed culture households um, with BBC teenagers um, who often feel misunderstood and feel like they're alone in whatever they're experiencing. Um, I think parents have a really unique position and part to play where they can actually speak into that um, and take time out just to really show that you love and, and care for your teens. I do have another piece of advice for the parents is um, speak to us, speak to your youth leaders, speak to youth pastors, because actually we're on your side as well. It's not us against you guys, but we're all on the same team. We want to invest in the teenager's life and, and we do see a need to, to bring them to God as much as you do as well. So, so we'd, would love to keep talking with, with the parents and seeing how we can best support the parents and also the teens and, and to pray with the parents because yeah, we, we're all on the same team, <laughs> especially Christian parents, especially Christian parents. Um, but non-Christian parents, we, we do want to invest in your teen. Um, yeah. Yeah. I think that's really important that, um, the communities that we, the connections that we do have, that we make use of them because it's so easy to just isolate yourself as a teen or isolate your, your family. Um, as a parent, uh, and not reach out. Uh, and I'm sure we all know from our own, um, ministries, people that have kind of slipped through the gaps or, or that, are that are actively not like rejecting any attempts to, to connect with them. So I think that's super important. Yeah. Yeah. Cause it's very, it's very hard for a teenager to know how to open up in this, in this time. But I think for parents, to speak to us as youth pastors or youth leaders, we would we would have be able to communicate and have that dialogue to know how to help the teen. Um, there is no there is no shame in asking for help. Yeah, and I think actually, yeah, you're right. Um, there will always be things that a young person is comfortable speaking to <clears throat> a youth leader about that they wouldn't tell their parents that doesn't mean they don't love or trust their parents. Um, and so parents shouldn't feel that their teenagers are just closing themselves off from them. But yeah, we'd, we'd love to, I think, partner in that kind of effort. Like, yeah, like you said, Nancy, we're all, we're all on the same side. We're all kind of hoping for the same thing. We're just here to, to really, um, love on these teenagers, um, and see what God does with it. Absolutely. What about advice for the congregation, for the listeners that don't have teens or aren't a teen? 
I'm always banging the drum at church to become an intergenerational church, whatever that means. Um, and I think I describe my role as an advocate. I think that word pretty much sums it up because I always feel like among the young people, I'm advocating for what the wider church is doing and how we can get plugged in and how we're actually part of something bigger. You know, we're, we're part of the body of Christ and this is what's going on. And yes, we have our youth ministry, but we're not a church within a church. Um, you know, we are connected. And then when I'm with the adult congregation, I'm always advocating for the youth and saying, you know, we need to make our services more youth friendly if we want to engage them and, you know, all of those kind of things. Um, so I think advocating for intergenerational church, what that really looks like is actually just being true to who we're called to be. Because if we all in the body of Christ um, do what we can to imitate Jesus and to live like Jesus, then we will, as a flow from that, we will love one another um, with all that we are. And that's what young people need is to see the people around them living out this faith that we constantly talk about week in, week out. They want to actually see it in action. Um, and particularly, you know, for Gen Z or Gen Alpha now, you know, they really um, relate to seeing what part they can play. What, what impact can we make? What difference can I make in the world? What do I have to bring? And I think they are, you know, we build that up when they see in role models um, exactly how people are, are living out their faith. Um, I think it, it really helps to see that integrity, um, to see their parents, to see their um, leaders, but also to see people around them in, in, in their churches, just living out what it means to be a disciple and a follower of Jesus. Um, and along the way, if you can just reach out, you know, just say hi, get to know your young people. I think a lot of a lot of adults are scared of teenagers. They kind of feel that there's a gap. And so they, they kind of, um, they're hesitant to speak to them. You know, what if I don't understand them? What if I can't, you know, what if they just think I'm this old fuddy duddy and I can't relate to them. But actually I think just, just showing that you care actually means so, so much. Um, and even the young person might not even realize it at the time, but I'm sure in years to come, they will they will remember and they will look back and that will actually have a part to play in, in them um, growing up and taking on responsibility and becoming, you know, the, the church of the future. Um, so I think we all have a part to play in that. You don't have to feel that you, know, you have to be a parent or you have to be a youth leader. You have to be a young, hip, cool kind of person because, you know, like you said, we're in our thirties now and um, the youth think we're old. So actually it's not about how young you are. It's just about how you relate to these young people and how you show that you really love them um, and want to just model that kind of life to them. And food. Sorry. Oh, food. <laughs> share food. <laughs> what about food? They will love whatever food you throw at them. The teenagers will love it. I think, I think definitely. Um, one speaker, one, one time I heard at a youth camp, he said to the leaders that teenagers just want to know that you give a damn, that you care, basically. Um, and I think, yeah, how do we show care? And that is just listening to them, being mindful of them, knowing, you know, acknowledging them, knowing them, getting to know them, spending time with them. Um, but right now, of course, we're in a pandemic. It is hard. 
Um, but I think even though we're all distanced, um, physically and socially, you can continue to pray for them. I think the important thing is to pray. Um, because when we do come back, when that will be, all these teenagers, all their voices will be broken. They'll have shot up. They'll all be taller than me. Um, there's going to be a lot of change, but at the same time right now, yeah, they Mm. definitely need our prayers, the families and the teens. Yeah. And I think again, as an opportunity for what we can do, you know, what we're seeing is that in, in the younger generations now, um, they are increasingly seeing what part they can play. And you've got, you know, like the Greta Thunbergs of, of the generation who are showing that they can be pioneers mm. and that they can actually stand up and do something. Whereas when you're, I think when we were younger, we probably felt like there was a lot more of a distinction between being young and being old and, oh, I'm, I'm a teenager, so I can't make a difference. Um, or I've got, I've got this ceiling to break through. I've got to get my education done. And, you know, all of these things that you need to do before you can actually go and, and connect with the world. And I, I think it'd be a real shame if the church misses out on that. Um, and actually we need to be including young people. We mm. need to be empowering young people. Um, and, you know, just like Paul empowered Timothy, you know, just because you're young, you know, doesn't mean that you are not valid. And actually you are not just the next generation of the church. You are part of the church. You are um, as equally as loved and important in the church today. And we need to acknowledge that. Um, and we need to give young people a part to play in that. Um, and actually by doing that, that's when we'll see them start to take up the baton for even future generations. Um, so I tuned into your youth service and I actually loved it. it good. Great. I'm glad. I'm glad to hear it. Um, actually, it's also to remember that we can learn a lot from the young people as well. Um, I was reminded how, you know, God uses the, the you know, the young ones to well, what was that? What was it? God uses the weak to shame the strong. Um, and God can use someone with a childlike faith to also minister to us. And so they, I love been, it when that happens. yeah, I, me too. Like the amount of times that in during lockdown, a teenager says something in a Bible study and I'm just like bawling because to me, that was an encouraging word to me personally. Yeah. I, love I think that. we, we, um, we really thrive on that. We oh, feed off it. of those kind of moments because Absolutely. I, was, I was having this conversation recently where I think even youth leaders are feeling like they've given so much, they've poured it all out and they've got barely anything left in the reserves. Um, and, you know, the screen fatigue is really setting in. And then you've, you know, you, you gather with your group of young people and you're the one who's supposed to energize them and say, hey, let's have hope, guys. And it's, you know, it's all going to be OK and we can still get something out of this. So how do you keep giving when you, you know, you yourself are feeling like that? And then every now and then you'll get this young person who actually comes up with this gem and you just think, yes, like something's actually sticking. And you're reminded in that moment that, you know, it's not us, it's God working through us. And that's the beauty of it. And actually young people, there is hope for them because that is still happening. Um, and I just love mm. it when that happens. Yeah. It's, it's so rewarding when that happens, actually, because it's God using these young people to just... Yeah. Encourage you as an old fogey. <laughs> yeah. And I think if you can't explain something to a young person in a simple way, which they can then repeat back to you having understood it, then it can't have been something that was worth actually saying. If it's too complicated, you know, nothing is too complicated actually. 
We just need to find a way of understanding it um, simply. Yeah, and that's what I love about young people is that they have this way of of explaining things when they when they get something when that light goes on, you know when they've got it because they're able to say it back to you, um, and actually just to to bring it out in moments that are least expected sometimes. And I think that's what's really encouraging for us as adults. And you know, the whole church has a lot to learn from young people. Mm, absolutely, Ben. Yeah, this is great. You guys can just keep on talking all day. Uh, I'm just listening to to your sage advice. What are your hopes, Ben, for your children when they become teenagers? Oh, uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. Um, I think really that, that they have a community of, um, of Christians around them who can help them walk, help them figure stuff out for themselves. Um, you know, like it's so easy to, to, in one hand, um, adolescence is a, is a time of exploration and independence and experimentation, but also along with that, there's, there's mistakes that you can make that you can't take back. Um, and, and so I think for my own kids, it would be that, that they can be in a, in a, in a church, in a community where, where following Jesus is the, the most important thing and and all the other decisions about work and, and university and relationships and and all of the rest of it are viewed through that lens of what does it mean to be following jesus first do you trust ansi as the uh, future you <laughs> well she she'll be very old by then um, whoa yeah maybe that's too many generations uh they're yeah. also my godchildren so yeah, um, there's already life. that yeah. expectation yeah <laughs> but yeah sure i trust Nancy. i don't know if I, I trust myself but um but no i think i think fundamentally teenage work it's it's challenging but rewarding um it's exciting but it's also yeah, it's needed. It's very much needed. Um, and I'm glad, you know, this work is happening. I'm very glad that this work is happening. Thank God. Um, yeah. And you get to feel like a big kid forever. You do. The amount of like laughs that I get from just playing games with them, um, goofing around. Seriously. Yeah. Well, we like to think that we're just a big kid. They probably would say otherwise. <laughs> Have you ever had a moment, Ansley, when like a teenager says to you, like, oh, you're so immature. And they, <laughs> they yes. call you out. They're like, oh, yeah, they do. They please, do. Please. Please. You're embarrassing me. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. No, it's cool. It's cool. It's better for them to laugh at you. <laughs> yeah i think you have to put yourself out there and be willing to be laughed at actually sometimes let other people climb up you is that a phrase maybe that's know. not a thing <laughs> maybe i'm just making things up but like climbing up you to stand on your shoulders ben what have you learned i've learned that 
well, maybe not learned, but it's refreshing to be reminded of that that teenagers are not just like big kids, but they're actually um, capable of of thinking for themselves, and and they face problems and and stresses uh, just like grownups do. Um, and so, to keep that in mind when thinking when when interacting with uh, with with youth, I guess. But they're not they're not fully adults though. Yeah. Wait, what? No, of course they're not fully adults, but um I guess it's just not being patronizing to them. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's a good one. Yeah. Ollie, have you have you learnt anything new or or do you wanna the final take home point? Oh, that's a lot of pressure. <laughs> I think I've been reminded that our role in working with young people is to really equip them with the ability to think for themselves, to learn for themselves and to find their way in life. We don't need to give them all the answers and more often than not, we don't have all the answers. So that's a relief really. Um, but it is just such a joy and a privilege to be on that journey with them. Um, and yeah, just to see that young people can thrive and can, can achieve so much. I mean, I have so much hope in young people because actually we see the fruit of it every now and then when, you know, they even say like, Oh yeah, you told me this once and that's why I've gone and done this. And you're like, well, I don't, I don't even remember saying that, but you've taken it, you've run with it. And, you know, praise be to God because he has really um, brought about real life transformation. And these young people are now um, making big waves and, and are really picking things up and being, yeah, being the next generation of the church and leaders, which is just so exciting. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. I think my final take home point would be um, that we're all learning. Teenagers are learning, parents are learning, even us youth pastors and youth leaders are learning. But um, we're all trying to grow and become more like Jesus. And, and it is we're not all perfect. The the youth pastors are not perfect either. I'm still trying to figure things out. But um, I think through the midst of a pandemic, I've learned a lot about just changes, constant changes. Actually, youth work is always changing. Um, yeah, teenagers are always changing. But, but I think even more so this year, there's been a lot of change and a lot of um, uncertainties, but even more so just to keep turning back to God um because we're all we're all in this together <laughs> i'm not gonna sing it seriously not gonna sing it all right well thanks guys for taking part in in this week's discussion uh it's been really great um even just to listen uh, as i've been doing as the as the non non-youth worker here why did we call it teen spirit this episode because it's about teenagers because it smells <laughs> I do miss, I miss, right. I miss the smells. You miss actually. the smell of teenagers. Going into camp. Ooh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ooh. Believe it or not, I actually do miss that feeling oh, of yeah. going into camp or even during the summer periods where you go into a room and it's just poof, the smell of body odor from oh. teenagers. I don't even like talking about the smell of oh, teenagers. Bless them. It's just something Ugh. that you miss, you know. Okay. You do you. Anyway, thank you, Ollie. Thanks for having me, guys. It's been this is my first ever podcast, and it's been a real pleasure. 
It's been so good to chat to a fellow youth pastor. A proper one. Yeah. Proper. If you guys have any feedback, uh, let us know. Abside at the bcc.org.uk. Maybe you're a teenager and you agree or disagree or just think we're really old and out of touch. Uh, let us know. I really wonder if any teens actually listen to the show. <laughs> let us know. Yeah. If we share this with um, our youth leaders, does it count as training? Absolutely. I think we it have does, to share right? our... I think we should. Yeah. Compulsory listening. Mm- manda- yeah, it's mandatory. Yeah. Uh, and when you do listen, be sure to hit subscribe. Why do we say this? Uh, like, this is what people say on podcasts, but like... I know. It's not like, it's, it's not like, it's like the YouTube. Hit it like. people subscribe to us or not. Hit like and comment. <sighs> but if anyway. you do subscribe, it will just appear every week, uh, every Tuesday in your podcast app. So that's handy. You can subscribe on iTunes or Spotify. All right. Okay. Enough with that. Anyway, happy new year, guys. Bye. Happy new year. Happy new year. Bye. Bye.